and welcome to King's Chaos, the show that talks about the biggest brain topics with the smallest brains host. Welcome to another episode of King's Chaos. I am your host, Kyle Pepitone, a.k.a. the Kingpin Parentheses of Spades. And joined with me here, I have a special guest. Yeah, what's going on, guys? I'm Kyle Forsini, uh, joining Kyle's show today. Looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully we can give you guys some, some cool information that you didn't think about before. Hold up. Your name is Kyle, too? It is. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> My brain can't handle something of this magnitude. <laughs> But speaking of which, speaking of brains and all that, that is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, Kyle here, not me, other Kyle, is, um, uh, he came to me, well, I asked him to be on my show and he came to me saying he was interested in, like, psychology and stuff like that. And I am too, I just don't actively study it, I guess you could say. Like, as I've mentioned several times, I'm an animation major, so academically I'm not studying any psychology, but it's always been an interest of mine. Yeah. So academically, I'm technically not studying it either, but it's just something that I'm fascinated with on my own that my friends and I talk about a lot. Um, yeah. And so it's just something that I'm always interested in. And it's like, it's things that I don't really have the answers to when I'm, when I'm looking stuff up. So I just find it really interesting. Right. Uh, and then, so I thought it'd be a really cool idea just to bounce some ideas back and forth for an hour about. Yeah, totally. And this is actually pretty, a pretty good topic to talk about because if you haven't noticed, uh, actually, I will ask, have you noticed, like, the whole Among Us meme going around where people seeing the thing and everything? Yeah, so I, I hadn't noticed it until you sent me that. So I was doing some research before the show, and I looked it up, and I saw it in the trash can, uh, people seeing, like, the Among Us character, and, that, and I was looking at it like, holy crap, like, that really, that's freaky. Like, it looks like that. It's, I it, know. It was, it was psyching it's... me out for a little bit. I know. Like... People, I you, I see, like, the posts and stuff, and people look like they're getting genuinely mad about this. And, like, when I'll see it in me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it actually does look like that. That's kind of funny. But I actually found one myself. Like, I saw, I recognized the pattern in something myself, and I'm like, I can see how people are getting mad at this. I was uh, listening to some music. Uh, it was this band called The Glorious Sons and their EP Sometimes on a Sunday. And it's, like, smudged writing on a hand. That's the... Uh, album cover but I, I don't know what the writing says it's too smudged but at one point in the hand there's just a little blob of ink and it resembles it perfectly i'm like you gotta be kidding me yeah i haven't seen that i'm gonna have what was the uh band what, what, can i look it up real quick what was, what was it yeah called it's again? called uh the band is the glorious sons and the ep is sometimes on a sunday it's absolutely it. insane because <laughs> I because I, I've got I've mentioned my playlist before, but I add a bunch of songs to my playlist and I was adding that band uh, in bulk, their entire discography. And I come to the EP because it's at the it would be at the very end. It'd be album singles, EPs. Yeah. And I saw it. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way this is actually happening right now. <laughs> I just looked it up. I, I see exactly what you mean with the little <laughs> the smudged handwriting. And then in the bottom left, there's the clear like resemblance of an among us character uh, i i had to just like step back from one i'm like is this actually happening to me right now 
Yeah, it's weird. And like I said, I was looking at uh, pictures of like trash cans that were that were popping up on the internet that looked that resembled it, and it, and it resembles it like like perfectly. It almost looks like it's too perfect. Yeah, I think it's because the design of the video of the game itself is so simplistic that mm. it can easily be recognized. But obviously, there's a much more scientific explanation to that. And yeah. the thing, the main thing about this whole Among Us thing is simply just pattern recognition, which all humans have, which is basically just, you know, seeing patterns in things where they might not necessarily be there. And that in itself uh, was meant as a survival instinct, because um, in the article I read, I forget which one it was. I believe it was the one from Psych Central, but they said it's obviously better to see a face where there is none than to not see a face where there is one, which will cause you to die. <laughs> At least in the wild, uh, back in, yeah. you know, like, less civilized times. Yeah, and like you, like, uh, like what you just said, it's it's something that people just kind of notice in things, and the game was so popular for such a long time that I'm yeah. sure people also notice it in things because they might want to see it, or they're just so used to playing the game that they end up seeing it in a certain part of time where they weren't necessarily yeah. expecting to. But but that is that is interesting about the whole pattern recognition thing. Um, that's something that I had known about before the show, and I was reading up on it before we came on the air. Right. Um, and it was just super interesting stuff. And the brain itself is just such a complex thing that that I'm so fascinated by. Exactly. It's so it's like insane. And like this isn't the first thing of pattern recognition that humans fall victim to it's like i said before recognizing the faces and things they're not a whole thing about human psychology is we we're always looking for faces where there isn't thing we see them in like um washing machines coat hangers mm -hmm. um garage doors like when the windows and the door are lined up perfectly we're like hey that's a face nope have you ever uh, like seen them in clouds too before? You look up at the clouds and you can see faces or something yeah, like a little that bit. in the clouds. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I that's that would be another thing like recognizing like shapes in clouds. Like, hey, that's a dog. It's clearly yep. not, but Yeah, exactly. That's what I had immediately thought of when I was reading about pattern recognition. Uh, yeah. I was just looking at it and I immediately just thought of like seeing like a face or something in a cloud when it obviously it's clearly not. Right. And it probably likely doesn't resemble it as much as I think it does. But it's just something that I had thought of where I, you know, look at a cloud and I'll put a certain image in my mind and then convince myself that that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, exactly. And like, I, I not even real clouds, because I actually have an example of this. And the cloud example is a much more uh, better way to put this than the seeing face example that I had. But I was working on a Photoshop project on stream once and I was drawing in clouds. Um, in this piece itself and I put them in such a way that the chat was like I can't help but see a face in these clouds now and I'm like great I'm gonna have to change that now <laughs> and no matter like what I did they're like yep nope the face is still there try again and I'm like okay this is gonna be a bit more difficult exactly exactly yeah it's it's just interesting because like we notice these things we're like hey that's a face that's a shape that's a whatever but like we never stop to think about it like hey this is something that we used to use for as a survival instinct. Like, you know, something to help us get day to day without getting mauled by a lion. Mm -hmm. yeah, that, when you brought that up, that's something that I think is, is really interesting and fascinating. I didn't know that that was based off of like survival instinct. Um, yeah. Cause obviously now you just see a face in something and maybe, 
<clears throat> I know a lot of times, like maybe you see a face in something and maybe you're longing for something and it reminds you of it. You know what I mean? Like you're right. just looking for some reassurance and that's why you might see something yeah. um, that's not actually there. But the whole survival instinct thing was really, really fascinating because obviously now we don't really have it for that, but that's where it originated yeah. from. And now I wonder, I actually like wonder if like something like this can apply to the other senses as well. Like maybe like smelling things that you're like, if you're hungry and you smell food when there's not actually food there, I wonder if that falls under the same category. Cause I, I think I've been there in a few cases where I'm like, I'm in class, haven't really eaten much, kind of getting hungry. Then I'll just smell something in the air. Nothing's cooking, but uh, it's just like in my head, like, oh yeah, somebody's definitely making pizza and just, no, they're not. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, you ever have like, you're bored or something and you, you think your phone's vibrating or you think you heard your phone ding, but you didn't oh. actually hear it. Oh, that's, the that's, phantom that's rings. Yeah, one. exactly. Yep. I've had and that it gets, before. For me, it gets weird too, because, um, me and my sister share a bathroom and it's right next to my room. So like whenever she's in there and she gets, she's a lot more popular than me. So she'll get a lot more messages. But uh, if I'm in my room and she's in there and her phone will go off and the echo itself works that like, it's just faint enough to sound like it's coming from my phone, but it never is. And it just kind of like throws me for that loop. I'm like, is that me? Nope, not me. Oh, no. Oh, maybe this, no, it's her again. I had that exact thing or a similar thing. I was listening to a song yesterday and in the song, it's got like a little phone ding because it's talking about a text message and it has a little phone ding probably like every 40 seconds. And every time I fell for it. Every time I would hear it and immediately be like, well, who texted me? And then it just was on, it was in the song. It wasn't on my phone actually, but yeah, same, same with me. Cause I, I was listening to one song, um, at one point and there's a car horn, like a stereotypical car horn in the song, not recommended while you're driving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would, that would be torture. <laughs> just thinking you're getting honked at the entire time. Exactly. I think good thing. I think it only appeared like once in the song. Cause if that was the entire song, it would have been like, I can't do this. Oh yeah. That would have tripped me out. And I was actually driving when I was hearing the phone ding too. Ooh. So not a great thing when you're driving. I kept thinking like, what the heck's going on? I don't think yeah. I even have my, I think I have my phone on vibrate. Why is my phone dinging? Exactly. But of course it was, it was none of that. It was just in the song. Right. Yeah. It's, it's weird like that, isn't it? It really is. It's, I don't know why the brain like so you would think after the first like two or three times in the song where the ding had happened my brain would like consciously pick up the fact that it wasn't actually my phone right yeah. that it was just in the song i've heard it three times i should know <laughs> that this isn't my phone and every time after that it still tripped me up and i just thought that it was it, i just thought it was my actual phone yeah it's just weird how that works i think in that in condition uh not conditions but like situations like that it's some um i think it refers to conditioning like it's been ingrained in our brains like this sound means somebody's looking for us in a sense. So I think like even though you heard it three or four times and I'm, I'm no scientist by any means. This is just <laughs> speculation. Um, but I think even though you heard it a couple times from the song, your brain is still conditioned to think this sound means text message. And exactly. obviously not just you, but like all of us. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like how you know how like the bell. If you were to hear a bell at any point in time, you're just like conditioned for that to be like you're supposed to leave class because that's in right. high school. You always heard the bell, and that was what made you leave class. So that's another just example of something that is conditioned in your brain to kind of trigger something, and that's just immediately what you think when you hear it. I mean, 
Yes, but in my case, it's not the bell that dismisses me. It's the teacher saying we could leave class that dismisses me. <laughs> well, then you're a very good student. I'm sure your teachers all loved you. <laughs> <laughs> eh, maybe. I mean, I, I think some might have. But another, like, the, we got off of pattern recognition. But um, <laughs> another thing that this um, Among Us thing relates to that I didn't actually know, because the pattern recognition, I kind of put two and two together. Um, after looking at the internet for a while, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. But another thing that I didn't, uh, recognize, which I had learned, um, in an art sense, like a year ago, but, um, it actually relates to simulacra as well. And this comes from Jean Bouillard's simul simulacra and simulations from Stanford. Uh, and it says simulacra has four stages and it relates to the four stages of the Among Us, um, the Among Us, you know. The game, seeing people yeah. in from the game in the thing. But um, so the four stages are the image is a reflection of basic reality. And this is roughly quoted from the article itself. But the image is a reflection of basic reality, which would be the game itself. Among Us, the game. Next, the image marks basic reality. So that's when we start seeing uh, not the actual patterns, but um, Among Us, in our culture, it would be Among Us memes. People... Talking about like, oh, haha, ha, when um, somebody is sus, something like that. It would be a meme of the Among Us characters themselves. Next would mark the absence of basic reality. This is when we start seeing patterns in the trash cans, the fire, uh, fire drills, um, uh, bags of chips, anywhere people have seen them recently. And then finally, the image bears no rel relation to reality. So this would be something completely obscure that bears the slightest resemblance to the Among Us characters. And the example I saw while reading this was um, a thumb. Like how it's kind of shaped like that. I I don't see it, but I guess that's the point. That it wants you to relate it to an Among Us character. I, I didn't understand <laughs> what you meant at first. And now that I looked at my thumb, I kind of see it. <laughs> it kind of does have a little bit of a resemblance to it. And th that's that's the problem. It's so ingrained that even the slightest thing, we're like, wait a minute. I never once thought of it like that. That is really weird. And immediately when I looked at my thumb, because at first when you were saying that you were bringing up the thumb, I didn't know if you meant it looked like an Among Us character. So I looked at my thumb and I was like, he definitely means that because my thumb <laughs> looks like one. <laughs> it's I I can't and I like at, like. I understood this before, but going through the scientific backing behind it, I slightly understand why people are losing their minds over this. Yeah, it's it's weird, man. I mean, I'm sure. And now, and you know what else I, I thought of, too, is just now is that so I hadn't really seen the meme until you brought it up. Now that you've brought it up, I've seen the meme like twice in two days. It, right. Isn't that funny how that works? Where like immediately when something gets brought up, you start seeing it more often. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's maybe it's because I'm looking for it and I'm thinking about it. Right. But it's just it's it's trippy that that's how that works. Because yeah, I probably would have exactly. never seen it if I hadn't heard it from you. And then now that I've heard it, I just see it all the time. Yeah, I, I I've seen that before. I'm like like I'll start watching a show. And then I'm starting to look more and more about social posts. I'm like, I'm like, hmm, this show is getting really big. Really, I'm just seeing more of it than I did in the past. Exactly. Yeah, I had that. I had that happen where. Um, so I was a huge fan of The Sopranos, a TV show that ran from like 1999 and 2007, and so I had watched it uh, last year. 
And then all of a sudden on Twitter, I was seeing all these accounts about the Sopranos and they're popping up on my Twitter feed. And I was like, this is weird. Like I had never seen them for the 20 years that I lived before this. Never saw exactly. them. As soon as I watch the Sopranos, they just pop up everywhere. It is a little bit weird, but I think that also might have to do with like the algorithm and stuff. Like yeah, you yeah. started watching it. Now you're coming, like you're looking at one or two and then now you're getting more and more. Yeah, it's definitely just about the algorithm. I'm sure at some point I had, you know, liked something on there that was related right. to it. And then they start just pushing that towards you the entire yeah. time on social media after that. So, But the thing is, it's different. Like, this thing works the opposite way, too. And, like, video games, let's say, like, you're looking, like, you, you're not looking for any specific vehicle. And, there, and that one specific vehicle is all over the place. But the minute you have to find one, they're nowhere to be found. It's so interesting because it's the complete opposite of what we just said. Yep. Yep. That happens with me all the time. Just like when you, when you don't need something, it's there all the time. And then the minute, like you said, the minute you're like conscious of like, oh, I need to do this. Get nowhere to be found. It just vanishes. It's, it's weird because now, now we're talking about it working both ways. Not noticing something, then noticing it. Noticing something, then never noticing it. Or never, yeah. and never being there. And like I said, that could also contribute, like, like noticing more posts is part of the algorithm of social media. That could be, well, in a game sense, in a game perspective, that could be part of the coding of the game just to make it a little more longer or harder. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely just like you said, it, it's weird how it goes both ways. Like, you, yeah. you don't see something and then you see it all the time and then you see something all the time and then literally just out of nowhere, it's gone. So yeah, it's, like it's, what what makes that distinction? Like when do yeah. we know, hey, we're seeing this more often and hey, we've never seen this in a while? Because I'm sure you've been in that situation. Like you go on normal day and then you realize, wait, I haven't seen uh, such and such or so and so in like three days. Yeah, you made, a, you made a good point there when you just said, like, how do we make that distinction? Right. Because at some point your brain doesn't realize you haven't noticed something for a while. And then it right. picks up on it, like you said. Then it's like, well, I haven't seen this in a while. Why is that? So I don't know when exactly it makes the distinction, but now I'm fascinated by it, and I'm going to have to research it because now <laughs> I want to know. Like, why, exactly. why does that happen? It is, like, so weird. And, like, I I don't want to hark on this Among Us stuff, even though we got way off that, uh, just in case people start seeing things. But um, <laughs> uh, you brought up some things that you wanted to talk about, too. So why don't you talk about one of those before we move on to something else I said. Yeah, so I was uh, I was in Vermont last week. I was snowboarding with my brother. Oh, nice. And we were on the drive up there. And we noticed as we were driving up there, so we're from southern New Jersey where it's all flat land, uh, no mountains, no anything, just farms and flat land. Right. And so we're on the drive up there. And we're driving through these mountains like New Hampshire and Vermont. And my brother looked at me and he was like, because I was talking about how cool the mountains look. I was like, these are awesome. Like, they're so fascinating. And he was just like, why? Like, why are they so interesting to us? They're, right. they're just another landform. Like, why isn't this flat land that we live in so more, like, interesting to us? Why, is pe why are people naturally, like, attracted and fascinated by mountains? And so I did a little research on it. And there really wasn't a great explanation for it. Right. Um, but the article had explained basically that the environment of the mountain kind of seems wilder. Uh, and I think it's something for me personally, too. It was something that I'm just not used to seeing. It's a little out of the ordinary. Yeah. So something like that intrigues me. Um, 
and it's said that people are fascinated by them also because of the fact that uh, it's an environment not many people live in. So we almost see them as like a fantasy in a sense. Like it's right. you're not ever going to live there, but if you if you might be there for a short period of time, um, but you're not going to have an extended stay there. So it was just something that I was wondering, like, why does my brain right. see a mountain and automatically like long for it and like, wow, like I wish I could get to the top of that, you know? Yeah, I get. I, and I think that whole get to the top of it thing, like you were saying, is like the physically challenging thing of it. Like, yeah. hey, I might not be able to do that, but think of what would happen if I could. Because that's exactly. a thing not everybody could do. Like, not, not everybody can reach the top of Everest or any mountain for that matter. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever reaching the top of Everest. That's, uh, that's, a, that's, an, yeah. Yeah, I not mean, that is people, hard. How many yeah. people can? Yeah, no, that is, yeah. that is true. But, like, yeah, you, that is a very good point to bring up because, like, it's not just mountains. It's a lot of, like, things that we term, oh, it's a beautiful scene of yeah. nature, like meadows, uh, forest lit in a certain way. That You look at the sky at certain times, it's like, hey, that gradient in the sky is really mm-hmm. pretty. But why? No one really ever stops to think, why do we think that? What's different from this purple sky as opposed to the blue one? And I think it relates to that. Well, we don't see it that often. Mm-hmm. We see a blue sky every other day. Well, pretty much every day. But it's ne- like, and a purple sky might happen every day. Uh, we just, but we might not be looking for it every day. Like we not might not be out at the same time every night or day or whenever it happened to notice it. Yeah, and um, so something that I had just thought about, too, is that, like, see, I'm not from anywhere near mountains. I don't know if you are, but so if people, yeah, so people who do live in that kind of area, people who live, like, when I was driving through New Hampshire, people who live around those mountains, I wonder if they have the same feeling that we do. Do they see those and they think that they're so cool and fascinating and they want to get to the top of them, or are they just so used to them that to them it's no different than everyday life? Right. You know? So, like, would they be more fascinated by our planes than we are with their mountains? Exactly. Or, you know what I mean? Exactly. That is a good, that is an interesting point to bring up because if it harks on the, we don't see it that often, does it work in a different way? Like we said with the um, phenomenon that I don't, I actually don't know what it would be called, but the noticing things that we were talking about. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly. And, um, so I look at mountains and I, I think that they're like, they look beautiful. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so fascinated by them. So like I said, I wonder if people look at flatlands who aren't used to it and think that that's such an attractive uh, right. like way to live. To live on that would be cool to them. Right. Just and, It's just weird to think about how stuff like that works. Yeah, exactly. And I think like one thing is, um, what was I going to say? Like there's a diff, like there could be a slight difference and this might be coming from me having not seen a lot of mountains in my life, but like mountains just seem so much more fascinating, grand or magical. Whereas if you look at a flatland, like say a marsh where it's just like puddles of water, essentially that wouldn't be as attractive to look at as a mountain. And that's, that's what I'm trying to say is like mountains just naturally look more attractive uh, regardless um, and like I said, that could just be me not seeing many mountains, but like, I'd rather look at a mountain than look at a marsh. 
But I wonder if somebody from a mountainy area would have the opposite. Yeah, I would certainly rather look at them too than over a marsh. And uh, I just think about, so I'm, I'm personally, I'm terrified of heights. So I don't know why I just envision myself like climbing to the top of a mountain. Cause right. I would probably be terrified once I finally got up there. I'd be super oh, yeah, high definitely. up and it'd just be, just be freaky. But it's just weird. Like I think the physical, um, like the physical nature of it. And I had written it in our notes, just so uh, the physically challenging part of it. Right. Where like you said, not everybody can do it. And maybe you want to challenge yourself to try and do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's something that would be super hard to do. Um, and physically challenging is certainly the, a good combination of words for it. Cause climbing up a mountain in general, whether it be Everest or anything would just be really hard and physically taxing. Right. Yeah, that, that is very true. But it's we, like just thinking about it, like actually taking the time out, like breaking free of what we see and thinking about the why of it is just so weird. I agree. Like like we just said, just like the why of it. Like I get, like I'm understanding it now as I'm talking about it, like why I'm fascinated by it, but I still want to know more. Right. Of like, what is the actual reason? Like, am I fascinated because it's pretty? Am I fascinated because I want to get to the top of it? Or is there something else that just sets off sensors in my brain to be like, whoa, that's really yeah, cool. I know. It's it's so weird to think about what the mind like actually can do, but at the same time not understand. Because right now it is our minds discussing why our minds are like this. <laughs> That's something I think about all the time. I was going to bring that up at some point. Just like our bodies are a shell, right? Yeah. Like we are, we're a brain. Exactly. Everything that we have with us is just being told by the brain to do something. Right. It's, it's so complex and weird that like it will actually start to freak me out sometimes when I'm like looking at my friends or I'm looking at somebody and I'm just like, you're just a brain like you're just a shell with a brain and that's all you are like it's just it's weird and like my brain is what's talking about this right now like you just right. said we're minds talking the know? mind is trying to figure out why the mind reacts a certain way exactly exactly wow. it's it's weird uh now my mind hurts <laughs> yep <laughs> but now let's okay so we really don't under like we have a basic idea of why we like mountains and stuff and we have a basic idea of why the whole pattern recognition thing but let's focus on something that we kind of can understand that the mind can't actually do. And this one I actually found very interesting is multitasking uh, from the Dent Neurological Institute. Uh, they say that multitasking is actually impossible. And as somebody who likes to believe they can multitask, I was actually like genuinely shocked by this. But upon reading it, I can understand why. But I still think it's a... Not case by case basis, but there are certain levels to it that, you know, could constitute as multitasking. Others, that's just having different things on. And I'll explain that later, but I want to, I want to see what you think of this first. Yeah, so multitasking in general, not something that I'm good at. Um, and maybe that's because you're not supposed to be able to do it. It's just, been, it's something that I'll get distracted by one or the other. Right. Um, if I'm trying to do one thing and I put my foot like so if I'm I don't know, let's say I'm making eggs and um, trying to trying to make eggs in a smoothie at the same time. 
I'll get distracted by one and just focus on doing that completely. Then I do that. Then I'll go to the next one. It's like I can't do them both at the exact same time. Yeah. I have to like complete one before I can move to the next. Right. Yeah, that makes sense because I, I actually never thought about that as multitasking. But uh, <laughs> I like to make pasta and broccoli at the same time. And the thing is they take roughly the same amount of time to cook. Mm-hmm. So if I want them together and still warm, I would have to make them both at the same time. And I thought like before reading this, I thought I'm like, okay, I'm managing this pretty well. And I, I am. The food comes out good. But it's weird because I'm not actually cooking both at the same time. I'm focusing on the pasta. Okay, focus on the broccoli. Focus on the pasta. It, which isn't actually multitasking from what I read. Because you're not doing two things at... It may seem you're doing two things at the same time. But actually, you're always switching between one and the other. That's... Okay, that's fascinating. So I never even thought of it like that either. Because I just assumed that would be considered multitasking. Right. Because, like you said, you're, doing, you're almost doing like two things at once. So I don't know if you have any examples of what actual multitasking is. Do they have anything in there that tells you like what real mm. multitasking is? Not from what I read. But I think I have a pretty good idea of what it could be. Because I... What I like to do a lot when I'm working is I'll have uh, headphones, like earbuds in playing music. Uh, Not actually right now, though. (laughs) Um, But um, earbuds playing music. I'll have my laptop in front of me playing like a YouTube video. And then I'll have my actual computer, the two monitor one, uh, actually doing whatever homework I have. So that's technically three um, different inputs coming at me at once or three different stimuli. And I thought that was multitasking, which I guess not because technically I'm always focusing on just one thing. Like I can be aware that, okay, I have music playing. Okay, there's somebody speaking to me, to me on the YouTube video, but I'm actually only just focused on what I'm doing right now. And that's actually really interesting because like I'm aware that I don't hear everything going on in the video. I don't hear every lyric of the song. But I, I'm just aware of them, and I think there's, I think that's where they're drawing the line. There's a difference of being aware of something and physically doing multiple things at once. I was going to ask you that. I was going to say, so when you're doing work on your monitors and you, you know, you have music playing, but are you picking up the words of what's actually being said, or does it just sound like sounds in your ears? You know what I mean? Because you're focused on doing one thing. Right. So it'd be hard to like write something while also consciously listening to the lyrics of a song because then exactly. I feel like I just start end up writing the lyrics of the song on the paper. Right. Yeah, um, it's the thing. Like it turns into background noise, but every so often my mind will switch to it and yep. then I'll fully hear the actual lyrics. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm now listening to the song and this is good. Because before it's like, okay, noise, 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 noise. The chorus hits. I'm like, hey, this is a good song. And then noise, 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 noise. I've absolutely had the same thing happen to me before where like I'm doing the work. Um, let's say I'm like you said, I'm listening to music in my headphones and I'm, and I'm typing on my laptop. And when I'm typing, I'm not thinking of the music, but at some point, and I don't know what the point is at some point it changes over to where right. then I have to stop typing, listen to the song, be aware and conscious that I'm listening to the lyrics of a song. Then that goes back into the, back into the back, backseat of my brain. And then I start typing again. Exactly. It's weird how that's, it's weird how it switches. And I, and I'm not sure why it switches, but at some point, it it just it just does it itself. Yeah, and I I think that's where they're saying the danger comes in because the article I read from Dent Neurological Institute says research shows uh, when multitasking research shows your error gate goes up fifty percent and it takes you twice as long to do things. End quote. 
So, basically, if I didn't have, according to what they're saying, if I didn't have 50 things going at once, I'd get my work done sooner. <laughs> but then again, if you apply the same logic, if I didn't cook the macaroni and broccoli at the same time, they would cook faster. Which I think that's a flaw in logic right there. Yeah. Huh. Well, I definitely agree with the work part of it because if I was yeah. doing schoolwork and I had a million things going at once, I know from I, I know it's just, for me it wouldn't work. It would take me forever to do it because right. I'll just get distracted by any little thing. Um, but that's interesting what they said about the food, or what right. you you related yeah. to it about the food. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I I mean I was just joking that case because obviously the food. I mean the box itself says cook for this many minutes. If I yeah. don't multitask, it's not going to make it go faster. Yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's it's just so it's weird to me too that that multitasking is not always what I thought it was, you know. I've yeah, I know. Probably said I'm sorry, I'm multitasking something a million times in my life when in reality I'm doing two completely separate tasks and yeah. consciously differentiating between the two. I'm not doing them both at the same time. Exactly. Like going off of my earlier example, even when I'm eating, and this this is going to sound really bad, but I'll have two, like I'll have one earphone playing the music from my phone and another one hooked up my to my computer playing the video. And that, that's now, now it's not just one, because the thing is with the music and the computer normally when I'm working is it's a isolated input from the earphone and then a room like input from the computer because it's just going out to who's ever in the room who can hear it yeah but once i put those two headphones in now i'm getting two isolated inputs from in both ears and it it becomes hard to distinguish like not distinguish but it's only i'm only focusing on one at a time i'm not actually listening to the music and the video at the same time i'm hearing the dialogue of the video that drowns out here's the music rinse and repeat exactly and does it ever happen in like an inopportune time for you? Or is it like if you're focusing on it? So say you're, li you're listening to a video and then you're also listening to music and like you need the video for, let's say, class. Right. It's something that you need to learn. Like you need to just need to have the information from. If you're focusing on it and you know that you need to watch this video and you need to pick up the information that's being used in it, does right. it ever, does your brain ever switch over to the, the actual song that's being played or will you just focus on the video that you're watching? I think sometimes it does, but like... I think it would it does that more when I'm not watching a video for a work related or school related assignment. Like if I'm watching a video for fun, I think that's when it switches but uh unconsciously switches more. But when it's like a school thing, I'm like I know I need to do this, the music's secondary, it's just background noise and will remain background noise for the x number of minutes this video goes for. I think I would have the same thing there like you said, if I know that it's something that needs to get done and something that I have to do that's important for school. I think that my, my brain would, would drown out the music that's being played. Right. And it's, it might be good for the background noise. Like I know that I'm hearing it, but and maybe yeah. it'll make me work better, but it's not something that my brain's solely focusing on where that's what I'm picking up. Exactly. Um, and I think that's also really interesting that your brain can like differentiate between that. Like it, you know that you need to have work done. So your brain's like, you can't listen to what's in your right ear. Only listen to this information that's coming in the left ear. Exactly. You know? Now, the only difference is, is when a song that you know the words to comes on. Then it's like, okay, no, we're listening to this now. <laughs> yep, I feel that. <laughs> I feel that. Then you got yeah, to sing it. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Of course. Of course. It's, it's like an obligation. 
Does your brain, so does like, if you know the words to a song already, and this is getting a little off topic, so I'll just be quick, but if your brain knows uh, the lyrics to a song, are you in, are you just like naturally more inclined to listen to it than if you didn't know the lyrics to a song that was being played? I think, well, two things. I'll say two things on this. Uh, I definitely think knowing the lyrics makes me enjoy a song more because as a lyricist, I, I like to write a lot of lyrics in my spare time and someone who's kind of looking to become a singer, maybe. But um, I think that... That's always what I attributed to it. Like, oh, like I want to sing songs. So obviously I would enjoy a song that I sing more. And going off of that, I enjoy songs more that I know I can sing. Like I'm big on uh, metal and stuff like that. Hence the Slipknot shirt. But I don't have the vocal range of them. So although I might enjoy Slipknot as a band, I would enjoy a song by, I don't know, Royal Tusk uh, a little more because I am not going to damage my vocal cords trying to sing Royal Tusk. I mean, I mean, the song I listen to is a little bit screamy, but you get the idea. Yeah, I got you. No, and I, and I agree with that. If I feel like I, it's, it's almost like it's like a, it's like a confidence boost. Like, I know I can sing this and I know right. I don't have to like go out of my comfort zone to sing it. I just yeah, exactly. like it more. So it's, yeah, like I that that is uh, I I wouldn't say weird. That one's a lot more interesting because I don't know if that's the actual scientific reason that happens, mm-hmm. but that's what I've really deduced, at least from my experience. Yeah, I don't like you. I'm not sure what the scientific reasoning is behind it either. Um, but regardless, it's just still so interesting and and fascinating that the brain that's talking right now because it's not me it's my brain it's just so <laughs> like easily influenced by something and if if it's a song that i know that i like that i can sing i mean it's just i'm just because me personally i'm just naturally more inclined to want to listen to it than right. if a song exactly. were to come on that a i didn't know the words to or b i wasn't as familiar with the words or c i just didn't knew i couldn't sing that well so it's uh, i mean it's it's just weird like my brain yeah. just knows what it wants and what it doesn't Exactly. Oof. All right. I think I think I can handle just one more <laughs> crazy brain-related uh, experiment. I don't even know what to call these. Facts. We'll call them brain-related facts. So, what do you have for me? Yeah, and just before I get to it, it's weird, right? Like, it's a physically taxing conversation to think so much about the brain because it's so much thinking about it, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just so much like going on and it's so hard to comprehend. But with that being said, I'm sure you've probably heard of this before and anybody who's listening has definitely heard of this before. And it's why is our first like instinct when we see something cute to necessarily to like squeeze them? You ever have that? Like you get it, you see a really cute dog or a really cute baby. Like take the baby example. You like want to squeeze the baby's cheeks. And like squeezing is theoretically a product of harm. Like that, like squeezing something could hurt potentially hurt it that's not yeah um like a a nice way to greet something and so i was wondering why that is and there was just there was an article i was reading um and it was talking about how it's called cute aggression um and it's the brain's way of coping with like an overwhelming response that occurs when two uh two powerful brain systems are triggered and so it says it's to temper the onslaught of positive feelings and so like 
to, like I said, to temper the positive feelings that are happening, the brain tosses in like a dash of regression. So it's like, it feels, the brain feels like it can't be so positive and so nice that it has to toss in an active regression. Well, that's weird. Very. Um, hmm. Like, I, I, I know what you're saying. Like, I, 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 I know that feeling like, oh, it's so cute. Let me just pinch its cheeks or something. But mm. I didn't like this cute aggression thing is so <laughs> I, I don't know how to react to it. <laughs> I didn't it's... know how to either. When I was reading it, I was almost like, like shocked. Like, because because when I'm thinking about it, like you're now like if you see a baby and you want to pinch its cheeks, you're right. never thinking of being aggressive. You're just thinking of how cute it is and how you just want to pinch its cheeks whatever yeah but like you're not aware that your brain is essentially throwing in the squeeze its cheeks thing as like a sense of aggression yeah you know like you don't think of it like that but it's just it's 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 what the scientists in the article that i was reading had come up with and i was just as shocked as you are when i wrote when i read it i i i've got no words it's just uh, that's probably the most baffling thing out of everything we've gone through today. Because, like, I was able to under somewhat understand all the other ones. Pattern recognition, uh, yeah. the physically challenging, multitasking impossible. That's all well and good. I understand that. <laughs> Wanting to actively, well, not actively, but having aggression towards something cute, I just do not understand. I, it's just, it, it's beyond me. I'm no scientist. I cannot understand something this out of this worldly at least to me it's no it's just as weird to me and i think this was a tough one to end on because now our brains are completely mind blown so oh just wait we've got an interesting one coming up in the end (laughs) segment um but yeah like 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 i had said before it's just it's it's odd that i'm not like my brain doesn't feel like it would ever harm something like that but it tosses in like i said that little that little dash of like aggression for whatever reason, like, like I, I don't know. Like, you don't feel any aggression towards the subject, but your brain is, like, sending you waves or telling you to, to some degree, which just is so unfathomable for me because I'm, I'm not an aggressive person. Right. So it's, like, it's, it's weird to even think like that. Um, and then especially not when I see something that I find so cute. So it's, it mind blew me crazy when I was reading it. We've just spent the last uh, 50-odd minutes talking about the human brain and its inability to understand its own functions. Let that sink in for a moment. And I am Kyle Pepitone, a.k.a. Yes, the kingpin parentheses of spades. I did not forget my own name there. Uh, And I am joined with another Kyle, uh, an even bigger excuse that I should not have forgot my own name. (laughs) How have you been? I'm good. Uh, certainly drained a little bit of the whole mental conversation. It was just, it's, it's, it was a lot of fun, actually. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But it was certainly a lot to take in and a lot to try and understand. Oh, totally. <laughs> you better get ready for this one, then. As we move on to our end segment of Thinking Caps. And welcome to Thinking Caps. And as we know, not all facts are technically true. And... A certain drink company has been known to maybe not include all their facts 
or all their bottle cap facts as true. Uh, but that's the point of this segment in which we discuss a fact and see if it's true with a little bit of research. And here we go. I have not been looking forward to this one. <laughs> okay, so the fact is... Sphenopalatine ganglioneurosia is the technical name for brain freeze. I'm just going to spell that out real quick, just so we all know what kind of word this is. S-P-H-E-N-O-P-A-L-A-T-I-N-E space... G-A-N-G-L-I-O-N-E-U-R-A-L-G-I-A. Definitely never heard that before. Definitely never heard that before in my life. And just did a quick Google search on it when you when you were when you were spelling it out. Does say it's brain freeze. Yep. So that's a that's a really, really long way to just say brain freeze. I wonder why people call it brain freeze. I, yeah, I th- yeah, it's a good point. I'm sure that uh, nobody wants to say that super long word that I'm not going to try to pronounce. No. And you can just say brain freeze. Yeah, I, I when I first looked at this cap, I'm like, oh boy, that's a long word. And then during the break, I'm like, I don't want to make a total <laughs> fool of myself. So let me just hear how it's said a couple of times. And I, I, I am going to put the at like Google Translate saying the word uh, in the audio just so you know exactly what the word is without me stuttering sphenopalatine ganglioneuralgia one more time sphenopalatine ganglioneurosia hey i'm getting the hang of it yeah that was pretty good that was uh <laughs> no stuttering no no that was like you knew what you were talking about <laughs> thank it's you so so it's got to be a snapple cap right that it's on they're the they're the uh, company that i just talk, think about all the yeah. time yeah exactly but, yeah it is snapple but honestly like that's I wouldn't say it's an interesting fact. It's basically just that here's another word for it. And there's really not much to discuss about this one. I mean, that that one's a simple Google search. Hey, what is brain freeze technically called? Boom. You got every letter in the alphabet. Yeah. It's like, Literally. It's like, okay, there's not as many Gs as I thought, but it's like three Gs in one segment of the word. It's insane. Yeah, I don't know why it need, needs to have that super drawn out name. I'm sure people with bigger brains than me, yeah, I can can determine that. But, but so you had said that Snapple has been known for kind of like having some non-true facts on their caps. I don't think it's a whole huge scandal like yeah. going on, but I think it's come like there's some speculation that like some of them may be wrong. But gotcha. I I don't know. The last two that I've done, this one and then the one I did a few episodes ago, where we discussed if. Uh, slugs had four noses those both turned out to be true so i guess as we do more and more of this segment you know maybe snapple will be a little bit um you know verified and there's there'll be nothing to worry about yeah if you're snapple right i mean it's just a, if you know people can just do a quick search on it yeah. you gotta make your fact correct right so you don't get fact checked right away by something exactly. that can just be a quick lookup right i mean literally the last two it took like 30 seconds of research to find out if it was correct and Exactly. Hey, they're correct. So, in my opinion, Snapple's Snapple's on the good list in my book. Yeah, the only reason this one would have taken a little bit longer to research is because you have to type in every every letter and, and hope <laughs> to God you spelled it right. So thank God you spelled it out for me so I can just type it real in, in real quick. And it's the yeah, first thing. I, it's, it's yeah, I just said, hey, what's the scientific name for brain freeze? I'm not typing that out. Yeah. 
I don't know why I did it the way I did, but it worked either way. I mean, hey, we got we got the answer both ways now. We did exactly. So that so hey, now that... I know that if uh, if I ever want to say I have a brain freeze, I can say I've got uh, you know that word you said. Yeah, but that's like that's a thing, and like many people, like okay, not many, but there are some people shocked when I say this. I don't think I've ever experienced brain freeze before. Funny you say that because I don't think I have either. I I really don't think I've ever once had a brain freeze, and I know Maybe people it's a talk Kyle about thing. it. It might be. It might. It really might be. I'm gonna have to start asking every Kyle I know if they've had a brain freeze, because my friends have have had them, and they, you know, people will talk about them and how they stink, and yeah. I just sit there like, you know, I've never had one. I don't I don't know why, but I've never experienced one. Maybe if I'm answering a question in class, I'll have a brain freeze, but in ice cream, no, never. Exactly. Never once, and I don't want to experience it because apparently it's not fun. So it's it's not fun to say either. It's not. It's all around bad. <laughs> Yep. With that, that brings us to the end of another episode of King's Chaos. Thank you all so much for watching, and thank you for joining me. You actually brought some very good facts to the table, and I'm, um, maybe some the wiser now? I don't know if I actually understand anything we talked about in the last hour, but I'll say I did. You know, it was a, it was a pleasure to be on here. I appreciate you having me on, and I'm the exact same way. Uh, I feel like I learned a lot of things, and then at the same time, I feel like I didn't learn anything because it's so complicated that my brain is fried. <laughs> exactly. But thank you all so much for watching once more. Have a maximum week. I will see you all next time. Goodbye. <laughs>